Welcome back to Chasing Light, y'all. We're at the top of a new season. Season 5 is here. We know y'all been waiting and anticipating for what we have for y'all. So without making it long, another episode starts right now. Friends and family, family, what's up? We are back. And you know when I come yeah. on this Chasing Light couch, I'm not alone. So I want y'all to give it up for my favorite hosts, Miss Trisha Alicia and Miss Embrace. What's up, y'all? Hey, what's up? What's up? So, y'all, buckle in tight as we drop these gems from behind the mic and chase some light Lego. So, we kind of we starting off the season with a banger, y'all. So, we're not even about to like just <laughs> ease y'all in. It's like, yo, we throwing y'all all the way to the end. Y'all know what it is when y'all here. Y'all know what y'all getting. So, uh, yes. we ain't gonna hold you. So, today's <laughs> episode is about making pain matter. Making Ooh. pain matter. So that's that's mm. that's that's deep. It's very it's, it's, yes. um, coming off of COVID too. <laughs> so and then we've been coming off of COVID for a long time. Now let me just say that. <laughs> First of all, it was levels to coming off of COVID. It so. definitely was levels. So we are Ooh, definitely level. levels. <laughs> so She's um, been coming off of COVID for a long time. I'm just saying. <laughs> it was definitely levels. So when we think about pain, uh, there's a few ways to think about it, right? Because different people describe pain as different things. It could be um, uh, emotional, it could be mental, it could be physical, it could be a, a, a physical response to something that's emotional or mental. Um, the way the body creates things, the way the body exhibit pains, it, it happens differently for different people. And it's almost amazing the way that the body chooses to react to what it chooses to react to, what sets off different neurons, what, you know. So, mm. um, when we're talking about pain in this episode, I think we're talking about the totality of things. And so whether that be physical suffering or discomfort caused by illness, whether that be um, some mental things that you have, like past traumas, whether that be um, the effort or care to just not cause more pain or um, pain through grief, which I know that we can all have a little bit of experience with. So and that's not only of people, but of things. Sometimes we grieve the things that we lose if um you know, those things are very important to us. So I'm going to start before we really get into the media matter by asking y'all, like, how do y'all identify pain? Mm. Like well, when I'm in pain or seeing it in somebody else? That's a good question. You choose how mm, you want to respond to that. It is. Okay. Uh, I define pain a varying level. So I'm the type of person where I define frustration as anger. It's just mild anger because if I get frustrated enough, I'm going to be angry and let's just call it what it is and deal with it at the higher level. So to me, stress is pain. Sadness is pain. Um, pretty much anything that takes me outside of my ideal state could technically be pain. There's good stress and there's bad stress, of course, but I've been learning myself more. Mm -hmm. And the more I sit with peace and sit with stillness and start to understand those deeper levels, I would say that nine times out of 10 stress definitely is painful because it causes other reactions, whether I'm suppressing it and then that leads to bad outcomes or I'm getting frustrated <laughs> and that leads to bad outcomes. So yeah, I'm right. going to call it like that. Okay. Well, yeah. let me do this. Okay. Go ahead. Embrace. I was going to pick no, a different go, question to you. Go ahead. You got, you got it. All right. So, uh, well, let me ask you this. Do you think pain is necessary? Absolutely. 
I think pain is necessary for growth. It is necessary for shaping who we are, molding us. Um, Excuse me. You can find yourself in pain. Like Mm. you, the real you Mm. can be revealed um, because it shows based on your response, how you respond to it, what you learn from it, um, how you grow from it. But yeah, I just um, it's definitely necessary for growth. Okay. All right. So uh, first of all, I like that. Um, Cause the real you will show up when you in pain. Uh, uh, yeah. Listen. Good or bad. Yeah. You there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're going to do is break down like basically three steps. All right. And so I'm going to go through like the first step and then I'm going to tag y'all in and then we're going to do it like okay. that. Okay, cool. Okay. Sweet. All right. So step one, you have to be able to identify your pain um because just like a doctor wouldn't treat a patient without really knowing what's going on how can you try to heal from it or treat it without first being able to identify what it is right um and so uh pain is something that like makes us realize that something that we value or something that we have stake in is gone or it's missing and so when we understand the things that we value then we can understand the pain created by what's miss- what's missing or what's been interrupted for example mm-hmm. um if trust is something that's important to me then betrayal feels like pain to me because why would you betray my trust um and if our limbs are important to us and if one is damaged or missing then that feels like pain to us you know you hear stories of uh people who have had um their limbs amputated and they have they still have pain it's like a pseudo pain but they still feel pain in those areas even if that Mm, thing is missing exactly so um uh you know if we value dignity diversity inclusion and equity um, then discrimination is painful to us because mm-hmm. we no longer have those things. So why I'm gonna pitch this on, I'm gonna pitch this to embrace. So like now after understanding, like breaking that down, like why is it important to understand your pain? Um, I'm sorry. That's the question. <laughs> embrace. So why do you think identifying that is important? Like, why is it necessary? Well, finding the root of anything is necessary. Um, if my head is hurting and I take pain meds and it just will not go away. But then I've realized that the pain is really in my spine and it's causing Mm. there's tension. So if I don't find the or identify the pain that's in my spine or in my back, then I'm never going to fix the problem where it's affecting something else. So identifying your pain or what it is or whatever that root is, is not always just for that one area. It's, it could be for people around you. It could be for your future. It could be for other areas of your life. So wow. in order to identify it, I'm, I'm sorry, the importance of identifying it is to even address it. Like, how can you acknowledge something you can't identify? You have to acknowledge it. You have to address it in order to, to learn from it or to grow from it or to heal from it. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. I agree. All right. So Trisha, like, okay. Do you agree? Like, do you have a additional definition to it? Or do you agree that like pain is through the realization that something that we value is gone? I think that that's definitely part of it. I think pain can also be an area that's calling you to purpose. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. Pain actually creates value in some instances. Mm. You think about gold. It has to go through fire in order to be purified. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we have to go through things to, um, like I said before, just to build us up or to 
allow you to be the best you that you can be. You can, you've been trained for so long to be a certain way, perhaps, you know, in some instances. Um, and then the pain that you go through in your own life is what creates the real you or the, um, the best version of you. But also, mm-hmm. um, I heard this little story the other day about a rose. When you take the thorns off a rose, you know, a thorn can hurt you. It is painful if you touch it or, um, you know, whatever. So you take the thorns off the rose, it actually shortens its lifespan. Mm. Mm. So sometimes that pain is, yeah, is definitely what keeps you going. I mean, it it builds you, it builds you. It's necessary. Definitely a character builder. If you're on the right track. All right. So um, step two is all about creating a treatment plan. So now we know what's wrong. We can identify what's going on. Well, how do we fix it? Um, A lot of times when we're going through like painful situations and stuff, we immediately want that thing to end. So sometimes we might find ourselves trying to numb the pain, um, whether that be through, you know, alcohol, drugs, uh, taking pain meds, um, you know, different things like that, or even find ourselves in destructive patterns um in an attempt to not necessarily get rid of it but attempt to shift our focus somewhere else so that we're not so focused Mm -hmm. on the area that is causing the pain but when you can't identify your pain then you can finally do something about it like if, if it's physical then obviously there's recourse of rehabilitation through like physical therapy or something you know um or managing that pain through appropriate medication um if it's grief um, then you can kind of start identifying where you are in the grief process and working your way through mm-hmm. that process, which, you know, being a person who's dealt with grief, that process doesn't end. Um, you could be having a good day and you hear a song and it's just like, okay, moment taint because that reminded me of somebody that's no longer here. Mm-hmm. Um, um, if it's mental, emotional, you know, are you seeking counseling or therapy to figure out where that pain or that trauma started? So that you can start working your way through that. Um, But most importantly, step two about creating a treatment plan is basically you deciding that you no longer want to sit in your pain and that you're finally ready to do something about it, that you're ready to heal, that you're ready to grow. Um, So, Trisha, uh, can you recall a time that you've had to create a treatment plan for your own grief? Man, yeah. So I think I shared in one of the previous seasons that I was a victim of domestic violence and it was, it was terrible. Um, getting past that and at least to a stage where I could be open with the people around me and trust them with not just like, cause I think there's a basic level of trust that gets eroded when you go through something like that. You don't know who they were talking to, who they're friends with, are they allies with this person? And you feel like you have to protect yourself. So there's just a general level of trusting the general population that you have to get back. But beyond that, if you want to thrive in life and you want to have healthy relationships in the future, there's a a way that you have to figure out how you cope. And so for me, part of that was really getting it out, out on paper, um, just getting it out of my mind because I was, I'm one of those people that ruminates. So I'll replay situations and replay situations and then go back and look at it from another angle and dissect it. But that's not healthy because what you're doing is taking yourself out of the present 
and missing the opportunities that the present is bringing you by going and revisiting something that has kind of nothing to do with the day and getting it out of my mind, my emotions helped me create space to actually have healing. But you have to take that out, that initial stuff, you have to get it out. And you have to probably go through that cleansing process over and over again until you really get to the bottom and realize, huh, okay, I think I can say I'm over this. And I don't have triggers in the sense like I had them before. I have boundary. I have, you know, value in myself. I can see where the cracks were in the wall and they re- been rebuilt. So all of that has to happen. Um, and I would say that that would be the instance that I had a treatment plan. And that's kind of what I did. Okay. And compartmentalizing it or hiding from it or creating distractions, uh, you know, is <laughs> right. not going to help that. Mm-mm. So action plan is a must to right. get over whatever it is for sure. For sure. All right. So step three, um, using what you've learned through the healing process. So like, even like preparing for this episode, like everybody kept talking about like how you use it, like how you use the pain that you've been through. Um, and something that uh, stuck out to me really was uh, the altruism born of suffering. And that's basically like when you can speak to what you've been to, what you've been through um, so that you can assist other people with the similar situations. Like um, they did this study at the University of Massachusetts. And basically it was like um, a, most people when they were asked about what they help somebody going through the similar situation, they said, yeah, because I wouldn't want anybody to feel alone like the way I felt alone when I was going through this same Mm -hmm. thing. And so rarely, if ever, is the pain and suffering that we experience for us alone, but for us to be (laughs) able to show the grace and comfort of God and let Mm -hmm. others know that we are not alone, like, you know, um, that we're not going through this alone at all. So, you know, can you speak to others about what they've been through so they can't, they don't feel alone? Like, can you create from this experience um and i think the important part really of it is being able to share how we made it through our pain and then turning that pain into something else because that's really what makes it the most beautiful part of the journey Uh being able to say i was here and i made it to the other side of this and because you're here you're over there you can make it over here as well because i had to go through that journey and you can too um that's the greatest trick of the enemy He wants Mm -hmm. us to believe that our pain is so unique (laughs) that nobody has ever experienced this. I mean, I know you went through, but mine is different because, and that's why I'm over here in solitude dealing with myself. I'm just trying to get myself together. It's the trick of the enemy. It is. Because if he isolates you and you're by yourself, it's much easier to defeat one person than a group of people. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, yep 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 i think and that's um i think sometimes uh people struggle in these situations with the difference between i don't want to get off on the long tangent but um uh isolation and um and uh separation um it's mm-hmm. like when you're separating yourself apart um to be able to work on yourself whatever whatever it's for a time like uh mm-hmm. people will say like yeah i'm separating myself and it's just like nah you just dipped out for like three years 
Like, I don't think that was healthy. Um, but it's just like, there's a specific time period that I'm setting aside. And then after that, I'm going to come back. <laughs> um, right. You know, yeah. not to not to let the enemy trick you into isolation. And then now you're over here feeling like the world forgot about you. Mm. Yep. Because that's yeah. how the wolves attack the sheep. Yeah. They attack the single sheep, not the not the pack. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but um, yeah. That's Dear my niece friends, actually told yeah. me that yesterday. No, that was this morning. I was talking to my niece and mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that she's going through. And I'm glad that she is even talking to me. And I told her that I'm like, some of the stuff that you're going through, I wasn't even brave enough to talk about it at your age. So I commend mm-hmm. you for even coming to me and talking to me mm-hmm. about anything because my story yeah. sounds a lot like your story. And I don't want you yeah. to think that you are alone in this process or um, that you can't make it through. Um, I hear you, I can relate to you. And, you know, she was like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And not to go dark, but I had a cousin who, um, was going through some things, going through a lot of pain mentally. And he was reaching out, he was reaching out and nobody answered his call Mm. and he took his life. Wow. So all that to say, Yeah, when you believe that you're alone. Right. It's a real thing. It's a real yeah, thing. For sure. So we're here for you. Right. Hit us up. <laughs> and don't isolate. Um, the Bible says, <laughs> dear friends, um, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. All right. That's first Peter four, 12 and 13. Um, we're here for you. We're here for you. So, yes, sounds like a good segue to our favorite part of the show. Hey, <laughs> turn the light up and turn the night light on. Turn the night light on. <laughs> I have the dubious honor or the illustrious honor to have the first night light of season five. And it goes like this. My question is, who is the happiest person you know? And what does what they experience, or I should say, how does what they experience influence their happiness and their pain? What lessons are being taught to you as you casually observe them walk the concourse of their life? I submit that we can take as many lessons from our progress through joy as we do through our discourse through pain. If we submit to the silence of sitting and learning, sometimes we people watch our lives, right? If you people watch, you don't go too deep or get too involved. When that person is outside of the frame of your eye, you spy the next passerby and the creativity of observation begins again. But If you sit with your life the way a scientist studies their subject, if you sit still and watch and then consult the knower, he said he'll guide you into all truth and that truth will set you free. So making pain matter means that we're free to be with God, to learn the lessons through our highs and our lows. We're free to be on our own timeline 
and in our own purpose because all of it will be used. But first, we got to choose. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you glitter, glow, illuminate, or shine, keep chasing the light. Chase we love y'all. Hugs and hugs. This episode was brought to you by the Chase and Light team with Complex Simplicity, Embrace, and Trisha Alicia. The research of this episode was done by Complex Simplicity, the music by Brozart, the editing by Brand and Design Media. Hosted by Complex Simplicity, Embrace, and Trisha Alicia. Shine bright until next time, light chasers.